Welcome to the Self-Kindness with Pete podcast, where we explore self-kindness. What is self-kindness? It's not just fluff. It's substance. It's not just a nicety. It's a life-altering practice. We explore how getting a foundation of self-kindness right inside allows you to live as your very best version of you in the world. I'm Pete Sibley, the Self-Kindness Coach, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to another Self-Kindness with Pete. I am Pete Sibley. How are you doing, my friend? It's recording time, so I know it's always recording time when I hear the leaf blowers starting to go in the neighborhood, and today is the same. But how's it going for you today? What is traveling through your mind? What's traveling in your heart? What's traveling in your body and in your self-kindness journey? Today, I have a great podcast. It's a conversation with two sisters, Paula and Valentina Sinistera, trying to roll my R's. I told Valentina I would try. And they host a podcast called The Pretty Mental Podcast, and I got to listen to Uh, this podcast one time and loved it and reached out and they agreed to come on the Self-Kindness with Pete podcast. So super excited they're here. They are two sisters with this podcast who are on a mission to demedicalize and decriminalize the human experience and mental health journey. The Pretty Mental Podcast is here to help push forward a loving narrative that normalizes being human. And in addition to this podcast, Paula is a mixed media artist and a psychotherapist who integrates hypnotherapy and mindfulness. And Valentina is a breathwork facilitator and digital content creator. It was so much fun to chat with them. We kind of went all over the place, but underlying the conversation, as always, is that narrative that is part of their mission, normalizing and doing it in a loving way, this human experience that we're all (laughs) embarking on here. So I hope you enjoy this conversation that I have with Paula and Valentina. Paula and Valentina, welcome to Self-Kindness with P. I totally chickened out and I'm not even going to try to roll my R's. (laughs) So close. Sinistera. Um, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Welcome to Self-Kindness with Pete. I want to just start off by saying thanks for being here. And why did you say yes to a self-kindness conversation today? And what the heck does self-kindness mean to each of you? We said yes, because we are all about self-kindness and kindness. Something that we actually say at the end of our podcast is be kind to yourself. Mm. So... For us, you know, this human journey is all about being as compassionate as you can with yourself and remembering that there's no manual on how to live this human life. So just being as kind as you can to yourself and holding yourself like a baby and giving yourself the patience you need at every stage in your life and every evolution 
is is the fuel we need to keep going to really allow ourselves to bloom to our fullest capacity. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I, when Valentina sent me the email that you sent, when you reached out to us, it really, it felt like you were authentically really coming from a very heart centered place. And we just, we felt into that and it, it felt like an immediate yes. Um, cause we've had a couple other people, you know, reach out to us. And I think we just really learned to follow our intuition when it comes to that. And we are 100% all about self-kindness as Valentina was saying, I know, I would say that in the mental health conversation, self-kindness is underestimated, mm. right? Because so much of what we experience as anxiety and depression comes from internalized negative talk, internalized messages of, you know, what the outer world tells us that we should be, what we should amount to, who we should be, how we should be showing up. We internalize those messages and constantly judge ourselves or, you know, inherit the traumas from our ancestors. And a lot of people are walking around with an internal war. And so there's no way that we're really going to be able to overcome things like anxiety and depression if we don't learn how to befriend ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was my impetus behind reaching out and having this conversation today. You know, I don't know if you exactly say this in the podcast, but this is how I interpret it. It's like first step, normalizing what's going on in our minds and making that conversation acceptable. But really, it feels like the work that you're exploring is going beyond just normalizing it, but actually turning it, like showing it for what it is, is the beauty of it. You know, it's possible to celebrate these things that for decades, for centuries, for millennia, the human story has been that's bad. And I feel like that's maybe something that's so exciting about this time that we're experiencing, but also like a, a podcast like yours that, you know, we, I think we've been underestimating um, that possibility. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I could, I can feel where you're, where you're going with that is that, yeah, I mean, we go, we do intend to go beyond just normalizing it and actually making it so that there's no need to normalize it. Right. right. Cause the, the, the fact that we even have to normalize it means that, oh wait, it's still outside of the spectrum of what we consider to be the acceptable human experience. When in mm -hmm. reality, mental health challenges are inherent in the human experience. So if we can't talk about it, we're showing up as a very small percentage of who we really are as a species. Right. Right. Yeah. And like, I mean, we're recording this on the day that your new podcast came out, but I don't know when it will be released, but I was like skipping around the kitchen. I think Valentina, you were describing an experience of watching a friend's face like morph. <laughs> and I was like, dude, like this is the conversation. Like this is I what we should all be talking about. Like just today, a coachy, a client of mine after, you know, just sitting with that beautiful mind of his, all of a sudden he just like threw down his pen. He's like, what have I been doing for the past 45 years? And it's like, I think we're all as, uh, you know, as a collective mind are starting to maybe start to skip together as we watch these wild experiences. So, um, yeah, Valentina, I don't know if you want to 
share a little bit about that or just even <laughs> even your experience about what is it like to speak it? Cause we're still, I still, you know, I listen to a lot of like, you know, different types of podcasts, life coaching podcasts. They really like to use like woo woo a lot. And even that, I feel like it's, it's like a baby. It's like a goo goo gaga word. It's like, it's not woo. Like this is it. This is something that's so fun and exciting. So it's real life. You know, it's funny because when Paul and I first started this podcast, we hesitated to bring in our spirituality into the conversation because we wanted to be able to speak to everyone. We wanted to make it palatable. We didn't want any of our messages to go over anyone's head because they heard us speak of energy or the universe or God. And we knew that we would introduce it in time, in time. First, we wanted to kind of bring in the earthy communication And as we kept on the evolution of ourselves and the evolution of the podcast, yeah, you know, I recently moved to LA and I've been having my own spiritual experiences and now we just can't, like, we have to talk about it because this is my, (laughs) this is my, this is who I am. You still want me to be a co-host of Pretty Mental. (laughs) We're going to have to talk about people's faces morphing and speaking to my guides when I wake up in the morning, you know, Uh. but I mean, yeah, I guess I can speak a little bit to this extrasensory experience that I had, which I'm really excited that we're talking about it on here and in general, because we, it's, it's real and it's normal and to not acknowledge that and validate people who are having these kinds of experiences is really detrimental. You know, it's like we see humans as one breed and our brains as operating in one way. And to go beyond that, we call them crazy or we put them in mental institutions or we diagnose them and label them. And that's just so messed up because who decided what humans are supposed to be? Like, this is our game, our rules. We get to make this up as we go. You know, like I'm not going to shame myself for what feels so inherently natural and aligned for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But essentially I was hanging out with a friend and I, to to preface this, I have been on a health journey lately and basically detoxing my entire body which is wild because like, if you know me, like what the freak else do I have left to detox? <laughs> like detoxing the not organic broccoli that I accidentally ate. You know what I mean? Right. That's where I'm at. But this doctor has me on all these quote unquote cooling foods as a Chinese medicine doctor cleaning myself out. And I just very strongly know that the reason why I'm being put on this diet is to cleanse myself out because I feel that there's there are messages that are trying to come through and in order to really receive them at the, the full capacity, I have to be a clean vessel. And the other night, I this is the first time this has ever happened, but I was hanging out with a friend who is, I believe that this happened because he operates on a very high vibrational life state. And I do as well. So we were open, we met each other there. And I was looking at him and his face, just the only way I can explain it was a a solid projection. So imagine projecting an image on someone's face, but it was a solid projection. Mm. And his face was, began to, to morph. Like his own face started kind of going away 
and almost like a, a shaman tribesman with white paint came. And then that turned into a tiger back into the tribesman. And I was just staring at him and I was like, what? I, I couldn't, I didn't know what to say. I was just looking at him with the, my eyes just locked open and I didn't want to blink. I didn't want it to go away, but it wasn't going to go away. It just kept happening. Hmm. And I've never had that experience before. I don't really know what it was. I don't know if it was maybe seeing into his past lives or, or what, but the crazy thing about that, that we actually didn't talk about on the podcast, Paula, you can, you can. <laughs> so yeah, he, you'll get this, this version, which we'll bring this in later into the podcast too. But when Valentino was telling me that story, I just didn't think to mention this part. Cause I was like, Oh, Valentino knows this. I don't know. <laughs> don't say, I don't know why I didn't say it. Um, but the night before I had a kitty, a cat that I was very, very close to pass away about a month ago. Mm. And the night before she died, I had a dream that this is where it's wild as Valentino was telling me this, like my head was exploding. I had a dream that I was in this room and I saw this tribal shamanic man and I panned down and he had, you know, the teeth sharpening tradition where people sharpen their teeth in certain yeah. tribes. Mm -hmm. And so I panned down and I, he showed me his teeth and they were like all sharp. And then as soon as I saw that this tiger popped up behind him and mm -hmm. roared and I was like, Whoa. And in that moment I woke up and she died that day. Um, so it's wild that we have both, you know, Valentino was like, what do you think this means? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I maybe the closest I can understand it is that this spirit is trying to communicate with us. It's connecting with us. And as you, I think you were alluding to earlier when you were framing the question for Valentina, when you were asking her, how does it feel to speak to that? It's interesting because in this conversation of mental health, normalizing non-ordinary states of consciousness and even the fact that our dreams can be a part of our experience and that we can receive messages in more ways than just the direct talking and the small spectrum of sensory experiences that we have mm. deemed acceptable mm -hmm. according to Western psychology, because really that's what it is. Right. Um, we want to be a part of the people that are now, cause it's happening right with the psychedelic movement. We want to be a part of the community that is expanding the definition of what it means to have, you know, of what an acceptable state of consciousness is. And that if we can connect to these visions, to our dreams, to our spiritual experiences, that there's something there, there's messages there, there's guides, however you want to believe it, you know, whether it's energy, whatever it is that you feel comfortable with, it's information that's coming through for us mm. to guide us on this experience as humans. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I love that you said whatever's comfortable for us, because I think in that, of course, I'm going to pull it, always pull it back to self-kindness goes back to that first thing you said, Paula, about, you know, self-kindness is underestimated. And so the maybe you said this in one of your podcasts, but I'm going to say that you said it at some point, but it is, it's my experience, the degree to which we experience the comfort in us, like how far we're willing, how up and down we're willing to allow ourselves to go 
like that's the degree to which we're open to, you know, to those experiences. Right. So if I don't feel comfortable in me, what to do with an experience like that, I'm definitely not going to be comfortable with you having that kind of experience. So, you know, we start to understand how it came about. That's okay. But I think now it's like, okay, we understand how it came about. Now the work is to take it, take it forward. And I, I really think you're on to something when it comes up that have you taken it in? Have you asked yourself, like, what does it mean to me? What's my comfort level with this? And really getting in touch with that. Yeah. That really helps serve this whole thing. It's it's just great. It keeps coming back to, in my experience, it's like the more that I do this inner work, the more self-trust that there is for this human being I'm calling Pete. It's like, it just becomes, it's a piece of cake to tell you how amazing and brilliant you are when I've done that work here. It's like, there's no efforting at all. Yeah, so, absolutely. I, the world around us is a mirror, you know? So and and if we are working on ourselves and filling our own cup and really working on the love that we have for ourselves we're going to mirror that back to the world as well like we're going to see love in other people we're going to celebrate them as well but if internally we don't feel good the only thing that we're going to see reflecting back at us is the darkness is mm. our things to complain about our things that are holding us back mm. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say, adding to that is the more, as you're saying, Pete, like the more that I, I go within and accept these variety, this diverse range of experiences within what it means to be my human self, the more that I can accept them and other people that, that happens when we're not pathologizing it, mm. you know, when yeah. there's more people that are willing to talk about all of it, like, Hey, you know, sometimes I get depressed. Sometimes I get anxious you know, I have these, these kinds of insecurities come through. I have visions of people morphing into tigers and, you know, these non-ordinary states of consciousness of my dreams, sending me messages. Then when we're not pathologizing all of that and always looking for like, okay, what's acceptable and what's normal, then we're able to look at all of those experiences from a place of curiosity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when we can do that, when we can look at all that from a place of of curiosity, then we can really learn from it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talk about that. I I would love to hear what you both think on that idea, that curiosity, that everything is serving your, your growth, whether it's the growth of your understanding or whether it's the growth of your capacity to allow, you know, the most beautiful, brilliant version of you you know, what's your experience? What's your experience with that as allowing everything to, to be in service of that higher good in you, which equals a higher good maybe in the world? Yeah. When I think of, of approaching the world and myself in a curious way, to me, that is the same thing as losing or dropping the need for control, dropping the need for certainty. So every experience, and this has I mean, this has helped my own mental health, like to the 20th degree, every single thing that I walk into the obstacles that I walk into, everything is I walk into it, like excited to see the miracles that are going to come out of this situation. 
Mm. excited to see the magic that is going to unfold between me and Pete during this podcast, you know, approaching every situation. Like, let's see, like, this is a, this is like almost approaching everything like a kid in the playground in this universe. And it really comes back to you that way. Miracles do come. Magic does come. If that is what you are looking for. And honestly, not in some kind of and I'm putting this in quotes, toxic positivity way, not brushing things aside. No, but this is really my perception of the world. Like I am here to accept miracles. I am here because I know the guidance is here. I trust because I know the miracles are here. So that is what I'm going to accept. I'm going to go into every situation in that way. Mm, mm. That has opened up so much space, so much space for me. And and how do you do that? I mean, just as a listener to your podcast, I've heard you allude to sometimes you take a uh, like kind of kick-ass added mentality to things. Is that the is that the approach that you bring, or have you noticed that there's is there a room for also uh, gentleness on Valentina as as you kind of explore dropping the control? So for me, it's really all gentleness. It's all surrender. I used to take the approach when I was, I would say a few years ago, I think there's a time and a place for, for both, right? The more like masculine to feminine approach a few years ago, when I was really deep in my own depression, I kind of needed the voices of like, go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. Like, don't give up. You're going to, you're going to, it's going to get better one day. You just have to keep going. And I needed that at that time because I was, the environment I was in was not the best. The circumstances around me, they were really, they were kind of toxic. So I kind of needed that to help me push. I think at that time I had taken the more surrendered approach. I would have just slept all day. You know what I mean? Like I needed something to like whip my butt out of bed. And now where I'm at, I've done a lot of the work with my therapist. I've done a lot of breath work. I've done kind of the integrating my own traumas and understanding, getting an understanding of this human experience and just integrating all of that, that now I can really approach everything from a more surrendered place. Um, I'm not in an environment that I have to fight against. I'm not in fight or flight mode all the time. I... I'm in a place now where when the obstacles do come, when the hard things do come, I know that in order to keep going, I have to take the surrendered approach. Mm. I want, that's, that's the one that feels good too. You know, right. I believe that the universe wants us to feel good. They, it wants us to be in our highest joy. Things should feel easy. I think that we have this concept that we need to white knuckle our way through things and it doesn't always have to be that way. I think that when we surrender and we kind of melt into the experience and allow it to come, knowing and trusting that this is for a higher purpose, trusting that the guidance is here, trusting that the miracles are right around the corner, you can see them when they come and you're more ready to to allow them in when they come. And how do you do that in a like a practical day by day, like into the coffee shop, like reading your email? a piece of news. Yeah. What does does that look like? How does it move from this beautiful conceptualized to the experienced in you? So I literally wake up every single morning. And for me, 
it's been breathwork and meditation, right? I, I getting to a place of stillness has been super important to allow my intuition to be just a little bit stronger than it is when I'm in my waking life with a bunch of energy moving around me. And when I'm, you know, it's, it's hard to tap into your inner voice when you're like writing emails, you're in the middle of work, you're in the middle of all this stuff. So you have to, when you're, when you're overstimulated, when you're overstimulated. So I intentionally carve out time to do the breath work, to meditate, to create emptiness in my mind where these messages of you are held will come through, right? That's Mm -hmm. in the stillness is where I hear my higher self, where I hear my God, my universe, the energy, you know, giving me messages of you are so held. You are Mm -hmm. so protected. You are guided at every moment. Just trust and surrender. And I also literally say it out loud right after my meditation. I I close my eyes and I, you know, I don't know what your audience is like and what they're ready to hear or not, but it is going to get a little woo with me. Listen, this is just where I'm at right now. And I imagine a beam of light coming into my third eye and light taking over my entire body, filling up my organs, every crevice in my body and imagining myself as pure light so that I can connect to the highest version of myself, which is pure energy. And I say... I surrender to make room for guidance. Out loud, I say this. I trust to make room for miracles. I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. And I say this all day long, especially when I get into moments that feel like, oh shit, like where where they bring in anxiety and where they bring in what's going to happen next. Is this deal going to come through? Am I, you know, when the worry comes, right when I feel those moments of like, I don't know what's going to happen. I immediately go, I surrender. I don't know. And I surrender to that. I surrender. Like I literally say this all day long out loud in my head everywhere. And it's, and then it's glued in my mind. Right. So then when I do get to moments when I'm driving and someone almost crashes into me, I'm like, "Eh?" we flow. I surrender. I surrender. Yeah. Yeah. It it takes, it takes a certain trust in life. Right. 100%. 100%. I mean, I'm just sitting here. I look like a bobblehead. My head's just going up and down. I'm like, I'm with you. Yeah. 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 Paula, how, how about you? <laughs> if you took that same same question or what anything that, that came up as Valentina was sharing. Yeah. I mean, I agree with what Valentino was saying in the beginning in terms of that there's a place for all of it. Yeah, Because everybody, whoever is tuning in, people are having such a wide range of experiences. So it's going to be a balance between taking action and surrendering. And sometimes in life, we do need to go a little bit more into that warrior mode. And sometimes in life, it's going to take tapping into that warrior mode for a little longer before you kind of are able to build enough momentum to lift yourself out of certain toxic circumstances so that you see that there is hope in life and that life can work out. But when you're in the middle of the darkness or in the middle of the oppression or whatever it is that you're experiencing, it can be a little harder to surrender. So tapping into that warrior energy can be really helpful for kind of getting ourselves to that place where things are flowing a little bit better, just building a little momentum. Mm -hmm. 
but at the same time that you're tapping into that warrior energy, I do believe that it's important to begin cultivating a healthy relationship with uncertainty. Hmm. Yeah. What does that mean? We, the nature of life is uncertainty. I mean, it's uncertain. And the more comfortable that we've, that our society has gotten, the more that we have worked really, really, really hard to build up this illusion that we really are somehow in control. I mean, I'm sitting in, I'm sitting in a high rise right now as we talk about this, which is the epitome of, you know, one of the epitomes of like man-made structures. And, and I trust that somehow this is all going to stay working. Right. Like that, that the building is going to stay intact, but at any point, like mother nature can come in and, and just wipe the whole thing out. Or, I mean, we just, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. And so if we don't learn to cultivate kind of like a more trusting relationship with the mystery of life in that to me has a lot to do with also cultivating a healthier relationship with the reality of death, which is something that a lot of people are scared to talk about Hmm. because a lot of our anxiety and a lot of our need for control, you know, I specialize in, in treating anxiety and OCD and, and as we peel away the layers and we peel away the layers and we peel away the layers of some little compulsion that you might be doing to give yourself a sense of certainty. If we get down to the root of it, there's a fear of death. Like, yeah, I'm going to die. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's a fear of death. So if we don't find a way to shift our relationship to what that death might be, find a way either, you know, whether it's look at nature, gain from the wisdom of nature, turn to whatever you have to turn to, to figure out how to make peace with mm. that aspect mm. of being a human. And if you're able to kind of bring that into your practices you're going to be a little more comfortable as you walk through life because or else everything is kind of a tightness and a clinging to any little sense of certainty or any little sense of predictability that we might have. Mm -hmm. I love trying to get back to the practical. Um, I think in my, my, my background is trained as a scientist, but then I spent 15 years of my life as an professional artist as a musician. And so like, I feel like I'm a live, I've lived the embodiment of needing to like prove it as as best you can in science, but then also celebrating the mystery of creativity. So that all points to why I think I landed on kindness as my practice, because in my depression story, it's like people would tell me, all the time, like Pete, you just gotta, you know, like buddy, like go easy on yourself. Like you gotta, you know, you gotta find that place of love in you. You gotta learn how to love yourself. And it was so, I I know where their heart was, but what it did in me was the exact opposite. And so kindness was, was just what you're talking about, Paula. It was a way where I could be like, okay, like I could be a little bit kind to Pete even if I'm believing these thoughts that like he doesn't deserve it and he should be grateful, but he's not whatever my story was. And so kindness was like this little thing. Like I could take a little step towards kindness. I could take a little step, a little step. You know, when I was in the darkest parts of my depression to imagine 
happiness and joy and love and all of these things for myself, you know, I believed it could be there, but I couldn't jump from A to Z. I didn't, it it missed me a little bit, right? It, It went a little bit over my head. And I fully know that I'm where I'm at now because I, I took care of myself in the sense that I got a therapist. I stepped away from the relationships in my life that kept me small or, or maybe didn't allow me to be the fullest expression of who I was. I set my boundaries. I, I, there were these steps that I took to, to get here, to really take Mm -hmm. care of myself. Mm -hmm. Before we get to the final wrap up, I do want to have people have a chance to know where can they find out more about you? How can they dive into this incredible, beautiful, pristine lake that you're creating of, (laughs) of human experience? How can they get more of what you're doing out there in the world? You can follow us on Instagram. We have um, a handle that we're pretty active on and we love talking to people on there. Come say hi to us at Pretty Mental Official. And we also have a podcast called Pretty Mental. It's on all platforms. And we have a website, which is, it's linked through our Instagram. But if you don't have Instagram, it's prettymental.com. And on there, we have a few resources. We have different links to therapy with Paula. Paula's a therapist. I'm sure you'll say that Mm. in the intro, but Paula's a therapist. I do breath work. So we have a whole host of just communication tools and healing modalities that, you know, are here to help us normalize the human experience and help us be more kind to ourselves and help us open our minds and our hearts to this insanely magical experience Uh, of a freaking life because i'm telling you once you just tap into how much power we hold to to co-create the exact life that we want it kind of it blows your mind a little bit yeah yeah oh my goodness well to send us off if each of you would share one thing that you believe would help a person who's listening today if they're having a little struggle with connecting with that magic, with that that self-gentle uh, quality in us, what would be something that you would want, want them to hear uh, as we send them off today? I would say I love looking at my, you know, my internal emotional world as a system. And so that comes from the lens of internal family systems, if, if anyone out there is familiar with that. It's a modality where we are basically seeing each that we have different parts. So there's, you know, parts that show up in certain times, parts that show up in other times and they hold certain memories. So when I am struggling, I try to tune into what part is hurt. And often it is an inner child. You know, usually that experience is triggering a wound that is reminiscent of a trauma or something difficult that I experienced in my youth or when I was really young, right? That's kind of like those parts get frozen in us. So practice, you know, if you can engage in that practice, then the next step is to just really focus on speaking to that part in a kind, compassionate and curious way, you know, asking myself like, that part of me, like, what do you need right now? 
What are you scared of? What, what's coming up for you? What are you trying to protect me from? And just engaging it in dialogue rather than trying to shut it down, to numb it, to run from it. And usually those parts, just like our body, just like anything in this experience, love getting attention. They love getting our conscious awareness. And when we can give that to ourselves, that's in my experience, when we really start forming a collaborative inner environment, that is the root of Mm self-kindness. That was so good. (laughs) That was so real. It's real. It is. That's, that's actually, that was huge for me. Paula it helped having a therapist as a sister. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Paula would tell me that all the time, you know, when I was going through hard times to tell myself like, what do I need to hear right now? And that it's, you give space for your inner intelligence to come through and you give mm-hmm. space for reparenting essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, my answer is kind of like two into one, but we had a guest on that, that gave this answer that I also really resonate with is take the very next step. Just take the very next step, you know, into again, like what would make you feel good at that moment? What will give you hope in that moment? You don't need to do 10 things or 20 things. You don't need to know what the journey is going to look like. Just take the very next step and remember that everything is impermanent. The, ha- the highs and the lows. This is all very impermanent. It's going to change. So just keep going. And let me just throw one more thing in there. I got to do it. I can't not. Sure. I got to do it. Is that this will get better. It will get better. If you're in a place right now in your life that it's just, it might feel a little darker than you would want it to feel like, just know just keep going. I swear to you, it will get better. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Such a good reminder. Can't say it enough. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll wrap up with how Valentina says they wrap up their podcast by saying, be kind to yourself. Thanks for being here. I so appreciate you. Thanks for taking the time And if anything in this podcast helped you today, would you share it with a friend? Would you let me know? Would you rate the show? And don't forget to check out the Pretty Mental Podcast as well everywhere that you listen to this podcast. So grateful for you. I love you. And we'll see you next week. Hello, Self-Kindness with Pete podcast listener. Are you ready for self-kindness to change your life? I searched every way to try to figure it out and finally found that self-kindness points me back to my truth, the truth. The way to figure it out is by going in. So if you're ready, follow the link in the show notes or go to petesibley.com and follow the link there. Set up your first consult and begin self-kindness today.